This podcast represents the opinions of our hosts and guests. The content here should not be taken as medical advice and is for informational purposes only. This podcast also does not establish a standard of care, doctor-patient or client relationship. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made on the podcast or website. And because each person is so unique, all listeners are encouraged to connect with counseling and medical professionals for assistance with their personal journey. All people, places, and scenarios mentioned in the podcast have been changed to protect the privacy of those involved. You're listening to the We're Not Fine podcast with Doug Jensen and Dr. Talia Jackson. It's us. Did you miss us? I, there was really nothing but question. silence. It was like crickets chirping in the silence. <laughs> I really think we um, need more feedback from viewers on whether they <laughs> miss us or if they have more questions or. Yeah, they can send those to questions at we're not fine.com. Thank you yes, for that reference, Greg. We actually desperately want to hear from you. We want like good, juicy mailbag situations. We, if someone that we talked about that whole scenario enraged you, tell us if yeah. you agree with us, if you disagree, we love it. It's just a conversation and yeah. we'll have been talking about it. I just got an email from someone who said it was frustrating not being able to like engage in the dialogue. They found themselves engaging. I have another friend who actually talks during the podcast at us. And I'm like, bring that to what is the reference, Greg? Where should they send those? Questions at we're not fine.com. Got you. Oh my gosh. I love that, Doug. I know. And I just remember our one, do you remember Neil, the Neil episode? I and do. how mad everyone got. He was like, yes. remember on his deathbed and dying and all he wanted before he died was to have sex with his one, you know, best friend and everyone was, was like, married. Woo, Neil. What did um, they say, Talia? <clears throat> this is a, do you know that my teenage like my teenagers friends listen to this podcast and shout out Uh to you guys i adore you and i feel your support and i think it's just the cutest thing that i have a bunch of 14 year old boys listening i love that i love it do you want to hear what i was going to talk about uh (laughs) was that a yes yes Yes, that's an affirmative (laughs) So I have had all of these epiphanies about (laughs) Christmas versus Hanukkah. So we're an interfaith family. You know, I'm Jewish. My husband's Christian. And I'm always like kind of noticing and watching and what it feels like, right? Like Christmas, there's literally six weeks of buildup because it isn't a day. It's a season. It is an entire season that starts after Halloween. No, no, no. It starts in July. Christmas starts in July. Like you, you can go to any craft Christmas store. Christmas is a lifestyle. <laughs> it's it starts about the time they they finally get all the decorations down in June. That, and I'm not joking. Exactly. I seriously, I keep some of my decorations up all year round. I have crystals on my staircase, <laughs> and my 21 year olds. Can you take those down? I'm like they're pretty. They make me feel. And good. it's like. It's a feeling, right? Like people like love this feeling. There's this buildup and, and then there's this huge dopamine explosion in this 24 hour period where everyone gets the presents that you've been looking at for that long. And Hanukkah, on the other hand, is more like 
It always catches you by surprise. You have absolutely no idea when it's coming. Sometimes it's before Thanksgiving or after Thanksgiving or before Christmas or like, it's always a surprise. You're never prepared. And you're, you have these expectations of eight days of presents. So the expectations are always falling flat because basically by day three, your kids are opening up like socks and chapstick and a deck of cards and like deodorant. I mean, like you can't maintain eight days of dopamine explosion. You should. You Although, should, go ahead, Greg. You should, you should build it up. Start off with the socks uh, and or then the get, to, get to the PlayStation Five on the eighth day. Like you got to build. You got to build up to it. You know? How have I never thought about that? I mean, that's but a by really that great point, question. The kids always sniff out the good stuff, right? Like they'll squish it and be like, "Oh, this feels like a book." Oh, so no, are no. all the don't let them choose. Don't let them choose. Don't let them choose which oh. one. Like you decide what they. And actually, I think that's what the the Christian oh, yeah. Advent calendar is probably like our 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 appetizer, our you know our our build up to you know, twenty five day build up to Christmas. <laughs> I just <laughs> learned about the advent calendar, which I think, correct me if I'm wrong, because, you know, as a Jewish person, I might not exactly understand or have my finger on the pulse, but it feels like the opposite of Lent because it's like the advent is all about like, there's like the chocolate advent calendar and the wine advent calendar and the, like a gluttony versus Lent. That's like kind of a little apocalyptic even of like, I'm giving up my favorite things. No. Well, there's a million ways of doing the advent calendar. I actually purchased an advent calendar from a candle maker called Diptyque um, for my older daughter last year. And it was like candles and little trinkets and, and all these sorts of things for that, that month. However, um, going back to your comment, Greg, about it starting in July, I start buying gifts that I think my kids will like all through the year. Like I never, ever stop. And then my kids are so on to this, they give me lists in October or September with like links to all of the things they want. And it has become an easy, easy process. Regretfully, it's not chapstick or a pair of <laughs> socks that either one of them. Would you like to adopt us? I think we I would. need to be adopted. But can I say that my take on this is like, why not get those things that you really, really want? Like my kids gave me one year, so I have a thing for monkeys. They gave, they adopted a monkey <laughs> at a rescue for me, and I got to go see the monkey. It was oh, one adorable. of my favorite things. One of my favorite things I have ever gotten in my life. But I don't want did, things anymore. Go ahead. You did you actually get to name the monkey Doug no. and make sure it shaved its head and had a goatee and it was like, like oh. your twin spirit? They really should have done that for me. I literally got a little bit like I was frozen. Like the monkeys were all on this table. And of course, because I was so eager, as the trainer said, they're not going to come to you. Your anxiety is like through the roof. Like, please touch me. Please be on my shoulder. Um, so the monkeys. Is that really also never... on your dating app? Yeah. Question for you. Um, I do like men who resemble monkeys. So. <laughs> I'm not sure what that is, but there's something evolutionary for me about that. Yeah, and on that note, <laughs> let's get let's get into our mailbag today. You don't want to get into that, Greg? I'm not not this episode. About, yeah, not this episode. Not thrilled? No, okay. Yeah. All right. Next so, episode. Yeah. Okay. So we're, I'll keep we're, it in we're, mind. 
<laughs> we're hearing from Tara today. Okay. Tara. She's 23 by, by the way. And her fiance Ooh. is 23 as well. Um, they have a small group of friends that are all 22, 24. So we're, we're talking about younger adults. Two of our friends are a married couple and they have a three and a half year old little girl. They just finished. Tara just finished decorating the house for Christmas. It's their first Christmas together, living together. Aww. And they haven't had an engagement party yet. So they thought it would be nice to have a little Christmas party with an engagement flair, right? With a nice dinner and drinks. The problem is that their friend's kid is an absolute nightmare. They have a little get together every month anyway. And every time they do, they have to baby proof the entire house. It's hot. And before that, the daughter arrives, they have to take down all the knickknacks and books and put locks on the fridge and the pantry and hide the cat in the laundry room. And things still usually get broken or stained. She's destroyed collectible toys that they've allowed her to play with. She's stained their carpet with pizza, colored all over their coffee table with markers. Her hair also gets left up to me or another person because both of her parents want to drink and have a good time. And they're just pawning the daughter off and they're incapable of she, the daughter is incapable of sitting there still and like watching a movie or anything like that. They already have the Christmas tree up and there's gifts that are underneath it. They don't want her to get into any of that. And they really don't want to have to put anything away. They're the only ones with the kid in their friends group. And so she can't say this is an adults only party without her, that couple knowing it's about their daughter. Right. And they've tried to have previous conversations with them about this. Tara's fiance tried once to get them to leave the, the daughter at home by saying something along the lines of, why don't you guys leave the baby at home so you can relax and have a good time. And it turned into a whole thing about how we hate their kid, which isn't true. And Oof. she's looking at for some advice on, how to handle this. I mean, I kind of hate their kid. (laughs) How is this, how is this even a thing? Why are they defensive about this? I mean, is it a money thing? Why can't they get a babysitter? That doesn't sound like fun at all. That is not a kid's party. Yeah. I I don't know though. You know, I, I mean, I, I think that I, there's two things that I think about this. And of course, no one will be surprised that I think you should be direct about how this experience is for you and like how it's (laughs) distress, how odd of me to expect direct (laughs) communication. Um, But, you know, I think there's a point. I saw that eye roll, by the way. I saw it. Um, Eye roll. Yeah, yours. So (laughs) that'll be a nonverbal communication episode we have. But, you know, Talia, you referenced something that I think is important here. The defensiveness of them, like, you don't like our kid. That's not what this is about. Like, Uh I actually was laughing, and I apologize, Tara, for laughing during this presentation of the question because I just have this image of this Tasmanian devil child, like, putting pizza and whatever else stains and whatever else. Like, it's a funny scenario that, frankly, nobody at your party is going to be able to ignore so I do. I think it's fair to bring it up again and to say, so I'm having a hard time relaxing. I feel like I'm I'm always worried. We're having to make a lot of accommodations and this isn't working. So what can we do differently to make it work? Because that would give the friends an opportunity to like manage their child differently, maybe, because it's not appropriate to have your child destroy things at other people's houses. Accidents happen. But, you know, this sounds just like such an out of control, um, humorous SNL sketch, uh, sketch, 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 
um, <laughs> that I, I, I think that it's really obvious to be able to point it out. You know, I got to also say, like, there's a little bit of a flag for me. Like, if these friends got defensive and said, you don't like mm -hmm. our kid, what kind mm -hmm. of response is that? Like, it's a really I irrational mean, response, and that's about something else. So I, I would say, yeah. go ahead. The, no, you finish what you were going to say. I was just going to say, so, to you know, in. there's something about that that doesn't make any sense to me, but you don't have any responsibility to, like, walk on pins and needles or beat around the bush or, you know, accommodate people at your expense. Again, codependency is something I despise and I don't think it's a way of living. So you get to take care of yourself. And if they get pissy, I'm going to use that word pissy about your comments and about wanting to be able to enjoy your time hosting and not have, uh, you know, have, have things broken around your home and destroyed around your home or having to call a, a cleaner for your carpets or, or couches or furniture um, there's something else going on there. And I don't know that that's friendship in the way that I think mm. you're probably looking for as you develop into your realizing your early twenties, um, but late twenties onto your life. Like this might be a decision-making tree. Like what kind of people can you have in your life? Not defensive people who allow their children to destroy your stuff. I know there, uh, this couple is a bit of a cautionary tale for young <laughs> couples of like, yeah. you know, don't be those guys because it's like, That's if you're right. going to, if you're all going to grow together as these young couples who are potentially going to have children, we have that and we love it. And we do have a very village parenting kind of a vibe, yeah. although it's not fun when only and especially when your kids are little, oh my gosh, when your kids are older, it's so fun. The kids all just get together and run around and disappear and you, it's the best. But when they're babies and they're little and you're the parents, you have to know it doesn't matter how cute your kids are. Nobody wants to babysit them. Nobody wants to watch them. Nobody wants to babysit their, or I'm, baby proof their houses from them hide their cat no one wants to do any of that it doesn't matter if your kid is cute but if your kid <laughs> is like the destroyer of all things you can especially assume that's like a real party ruiner so you need to either figure out like we're going to have it at our house because we can't afford a babysitter but my mom is going to come over or this like person is going to come and watch the kid. Like when the kids get older and everyone is together, you just all figure out like, well, what can we do? Cause we want to drink and have fun and we don't want a parent. That's legit. That's totally fine. But you should just assume it doesn't matter if your friends love your kids. They don't want them at their cocktail party. There's something else that's important about this. And I don't want to lose track of this kid that from the description feels a little out of control. And what is that about? You know, is that about a lack of structure? Is that about something else going on for this kid that they are in this destructive zone? Because there's something not normal necessarily about that as well. Really? So, I mean, it sounds like a healthy toddler. Granted, I had two boys. Well, he and, sounds but, healthy and vibrant. Well, maybe. And yet at the same time, the only kid at this adult event, that's no fun for a kid. No. So I, I kind of find myself thinking this is not the best situation for anyone, including the kid, to be the only kid at this adult event. No, I mean, Doug, I think, you're, I think you're completely onto something. So, I, you, know, we, you know, Thanksgiving this year was the first year I'd seen some of my cousins in 
some maybe over a decade. Um, and one in particular has a, an almost two year old kid, by the way, he's like a year and seven months old. He climbed on top of the kitchen Island, stood up on it and unscrewed a light bulb that was turned on above the Island by himself when he was left alone for just a couple minutes. Right. Wow. Yeah. My cousin, my cousin looked, I mean, she's beautiful. Jennifer, if you're listening, you're, 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 you're gorgeous. Hey Jennifer. Woman. But she looked ragged just running around after this kid. Like he, he just walks around looking for <laughs> the next target of his attention. Right. And uh, she, I, saw her like swoop in and lock the door to the outside just as he was starting to inch his way over to the door. You know, she's helicoptering around him yep. and, and they're trying to protect him, but also make sure he doesn't get in anything, doesn't damage anything. And, and it sounds like Doug, that's not happening here. Like they're just, it's like hands off. So right. I, I agree with you that there's something, there's clearly something there, but more to the point, um, there's something wrong with the communication mm-hmm. because She's listing off all these things, these infractions that have occurred and damages that have happened. And it's almost like I get the feeling that the conversation did not happen afterwards about, oh, no, that's okay. Oh, kids will be kids or whatever it was. But she's Mm. clearly very upset about it. And her fiance was the one that, as far as we know, that had the conversation that was very non-confrontational, very nice about it, you know, very hands-off, not like, here's everything your kid has done. We can't have your kid over here anymore, right? right? And so, you know, I know, Doug, in your world, (laughs) there should be a more direct conversation so everyone can grow and learn from that experience. And you're nodding in in agreement. I am. I am. But, 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 there might be a third door. There might be another option that, that nobody's, you know, thought of yet. And that option is, um, if this is an engagement slash Christmas party that you actually just do it up and send out specific RSVPs and say that it is an adults only event. Mm -hmm. And if you're concerned about that person or that, that couple being feeling like they're targeted, invite some of your family say we've invited, you know, some of our cousins and other people that have children. We just don't think there's going to be enough room and we won't be, we won't be able to be able to watch the kids. We have a lot of breakable stuff around. So this is an, this is an opportunity that is not for kids and just leave it at that. You know, you're not targeting them. You're saying there are other people that might be attending because this is also an engagement party too. So, um, you know, that's an out. Maybe and that's not going to help you next month in your regular get together, but at least at least it's a start, right? To get you along the way. I worry a little bit about the relationships, though, because it's like, yeah, you can absolutely do that, and I don't see a problem with that at all, Greg. I mean, if there, I, I think either. the problem is if they're defensive and if they think that not wanting to include their, you know, holy terror toddler, which I mean, I had, I owned a few of them myself and they were so adorable and also more mobility than sense, right? Like running around eating rocks and poking their fingers and outlets. I mean, yeah, that's like a healthy toddler, a boy. I mean, I don't know if maybe more boys than girls. Girls tend to, I think, depending on the 
disposition they can like sit and be a part of the action and just observe but i did not have observers and if someone had said to me i love your kids but we are just really wanting to have a chill vibe and not have to worry about anyone getting electrocuted or you know <laughs> jumping or on top drunk. of the kitchen island right of like the the booze you hide under the kitchen cabinet or whatever. It's just like, of course, as parents, we need to assume that either it's like a kid vibe or not a kid vibe. And we can't get defensive about that. Yeah, I agree, which, you know, kind of brings us back to their response and what that's about. And, you know, we all know that parent who, who have been parents in particular, parenting is hard work. Um, mm -hmm. So they have the equal responsibility to like accommodate or, you know, talk about what that experience is for them. But at the end of the day, like having been a parent when a lot of my, by the way, you know, Tara, you talk about being 23 uh, and having these friends. I don't know how old your friends are who have this child, but um, I was a very young. young parent the first time. I was a very young parent. I was 24 when I had my first child. And so there were a lot of friends that I had who didn't have kids. And I either just stayed away from those parties where there was going to be a lot of drinking or profanity or marijuana in one case. Um, you know, I just didn't want my kid around that. And I have the I have the onus on me as a parent to make that decision so that these people are not making that choice. I'm sure they're having that weird kind of, you know, fine line between feeling left out and having FOMO with wanting to, to uh, you know, make sure that their kid is okay. But they have to figure that out. And it's fair of you to not have to accommodate all of that and to not have to deal with that anxiety that the next time you invite them. I agree with you, Greg, that there can be a a very clear message on the invite, but I also think that there's a piece of this that in the future, this has to be nipped in the bud. You need to be able to enjoy your yes. social time. And I love the idea that it doesn't need to separate between the people that have chosen to have kids and the people that haven't or don't have That's kids right. yet. I love the idea of kids being able to be a part of all the action. I just think that what you're saying, Doug, is that the onus is on the parent to be like, okay, what's the vibe? We, and even if the problem is, is like, we don't have the money for a babysitter. So could you help me come up with some solutions? Like, how would you guys feel about, you yep. know, coming over after bedtime or your friends love you? They want to help you figure this out. Is it a problem that maybe like everyone pitches in $10 and you can get a babysitter for two hours? Or is it something where you are, are all going to village parent? Is there an agreement that right. you're going to say like, right. okay, I'm going to, you guys have fun. I'm going to take the first hour. You take the second hour whatever that is. But I think communication is key because the next step in this path is that couple with the kid is going to stop getting invited to anything. I'd agree, which is passive. And I don't appreciate that either. So, so good luck, so Tara. Summer, good luck, Tara. Yes. In summary, good luck. <laughs> ah. <laughs> Again, it comes down to communication of your wants and needs. So you got this. Good luck, Cindy. Have a question for Doug or Talia. Email us your questions at questions at renotfine.com. Eligible questions will be randomly selected for upcoming episodes. For details, visit our website at renotfine.com. Join us every Tuesday for new conversations, new challenging topics, and fun.